Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on today's episode of the Ambitious Podcast, we are going to be talking all about how to break generational curses. This has been one of my, oddly, most requested podcast, and I have been doing a lot of research about it. I work a lot with generational curses in my own healing modalities, but I think it's really important to talk about this really off-topic, wild, kind of out-there subject. But when I educate you and I inspire you and entertain you with all of this information, I think it's really going to get your ambitious wheels turning to say like, hey, I don't have to keep this bullshit going from generation to generation to generation. I can be the ambitious bolt cutter of my lineage. And that, my friend, is how to be the HBIC of your most ambitious life and how to be powerful AF. But before I begin, I just wanted to remind you all out there in ambitious land, if you have not yet taken advantage of our seven-day free trial, totally complimentary of the ambitious app, what the hell are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now. Scroll down to the show notes wherever you are listening to this podcast and click on the link. It takes 30 seconds to put your name and your email address in. And then what we do is no matter when you sign up during the week, we let everybody in on a Friday at noontime. And then what we do is we give all the girls that sign up for that seven-day free trial of the Ambitious app 48 hours on top of the seven days to play around with the app, get acquainted with it, introduce themselves to the Bitchterhood community. And then we start all of the live coaching on Monday morning. So what I do is along with the incredible library of everything that I've ever created, which is A28P, Ambitious Academy. It's the only place in the world that you can listen to the Ambitious audiobook. We have my 12-week business program and hundreds of videos between sound healing and breath work and meditation and yoga and workouts and shadow work and crystal education and meal plans and detox programs and recipes. And I will go on and on and on if you give me the platform to do so. And then, like I said, every day I live coach. So that's Monday through Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I do live coaching. We speak on a very specific topic. I give you homework to do. We have really in-depth, incredible conversations. And then on Tuesdays, I do my infamous Tarot Tuesday where I do a collective reading. And then I talk to each and every person um, who is live on that call about how it pertains to them. And then the people who can't make it live, no need to worry. We record all these videos and we put them up in the Ambitious app. And then at the end of your seven-day trial, we invite you, if you're local or if you're in the New England area, or maybe you're traveling from out of town into like the Boston area, uh, we finish up that seven-day free week 
with a goddess gathering at Katie Boyd's Misfit Club, which is yoga and breathwork and workout class and sound healing and meditations. And then we all go to lunch after. It's absolutely sublime. And all of that stuff that I just mentioned is offered to you in that seven-day free trial. So I give this it's really kind of 11 days if you think about it because I give you two days to learn how to use the app, seven days of the free coaching, and then a couple days on the back end to figure out if you actually love it enough to purchase it. But what we do is at the end of the week, if you fall in love with it, you can purchase it for the free app price. And if you don't want to buy it at the moment, at least I planted the seeds and you are already well on your way to living your most ambitious life. I want to make sure that when women are there, they're there for the right reasons. All the women on that app, they're there to contribute and they're not there to contaminate. And I want to make sure that every woman that joins the Ambitious app is there to have community and sisterhood and to better themselves and to truly take their lives to the next levels in whatever way, shape and form that means. You know, just think of like, the six life makers. Like, where does your life really need to go to the next level? Is it spiritual? Is it health and wellness? Is it your boundaries? Is it your relationships? Is it your environment? And is it your money mindset? Is it your financial stuff? Is it your business? I don't know what it is for you out there in a bitches land, but we cover each and every one of those topics ad nauseum. And uh, my biggest promise is if you use the tools that I give you on the ambitious app, your life will be ambitious forever and ever. Amen. And so it is. So head on over to the link in the show notes and sign up for that seven day free app. And that is where I'm doing my best work. It's it's honestly the thing that I am most proud of in my entire 20 plus years of my career in the health and wellness and coaching space. This is the thing that I am most proud of. It's taken me over four years to create and it was truly a labor of love. And I know that once you get on there and you get a little taste of what that ambitious app experience is all about, you're going to fall in love with it. Okay. So obviously I don't have any sponsors on this podcast. So the only thing that I ask is to take advantage of these things that I give out for free because I know that you're going to fall in love with it. You know, I don't, I don't sell rubber underwear here. I don't, I'm not selling special mattresses and like, you know, athletic greens and all this shit. I could do that. I have sponsors that come to me all the time and they want to give me thousands of dollars to talk about their product, but myself and the ambitious brand is the product. That's it. I will never have any outside people coming on here. So I schlep their shit. It's truly ambitious itself is the product. And I would like for you to give it a little test drive and see if it feels good. So without further ado, we're going to get into uh, what has taken me a couple of months to actually compile because I wanted to do a lot of research about this. I talk a little bit about um, ancestral healing and breaking generational curses in my book, Ambitious. If you have not purchased my book yet, just go to the link in the show notes, kbmfc.com and just click on book and you can get an autographed and beautiful, this book is gorgeous, uh, an assigned copy. I'll write you a beautiful note inside. Like I said, you can also listen to the book audibly on my app. It's part of the app experience and it's the only place that the Audible part of the book will ever be. So everyone always is like, I want to read your book, but I hate reading. I want to listen to it on Audible. We'll go over to the Ambitious app and you can listen to it as part of your experience. So I do touch a lot upon 
in one of the latter chapters of the ambitious the book about you know breaking these generational curses but i really want to delve deep into what it truly is why we have it where these old superstitious wives tales crazy weird things that we say and do and we have just like blindly three-dimensionally adopted these ideas and then we just think it's like what we think but it actually has nothing to do with what we believe and think and then talking about how we can stop these patterns and stop these limiting self-beliefs because a lot of times people will come to me for healing sessions and they're just like I don't know why I have this addiction or I don't know why I'm obsessed with this thing or I have this fear and nothing in their lives has really created any of those things. But then we go into past life regression in my healing sessions. Uh, We go through a lot of inner child healing, a lot of death meditation. We do a lot of really shamanic stuff in a lot of the healing sessions that I do. Um, I'm offering healing sessions again, uh, starting in September. So if you're interested in getting either an in-house or virtual healing session, I do both. Just DM me on Instagram, or you can email me at hello at kbmfc.com, or you can talk to me directly on the app if you're part of the app. But we go through all these things in these healing sessions, and then we come to find out that this has been a trauma that's been passed down from our grandmother and our great-grandmother and our great-great-grandmother and so on and so forth in perpetuity forever and ever, amen. And we think that we're crazy, but it has nothing to do with us. It's in our epigenetics. We're gonna get a little nerdy today. It's in our epigenetics. It is uh, stamped into our souls. It is part of our chakra system. We have uh, actual metaphysical blocks from these generational ancestral limiting self-beliefs and curses and wives' tales and superstitions and suspicions and all those things, right? So we're really going to get to the nitty-gritty, and I want you guys to bear with me because I'm going to be bouncing all over the place, but everything is going to tie in with the next thing, and it's all going to make sense in the end. Okay, so let's start first off, easy peasy. What is an ancestral or generational curse? Or we could also call it an ancestral or generational trauma, okay? So a traumatic event, first first things first, a traumatic event that happened as part of a past generation that is still heavily influencing and affecting the current generation, okay? So let me say that again. A generational curse or an ancestral curse or some kind of ancestral or generational trauma is a traumatic event that happened as a past generational event that is still heavily affects the current generation. And this can also be a limiting belief, this ideology that you've adopted that really doesn't resonate or make sense whatsoever with the context of your own personal life that you've been living in this three-dimensional reality. It could be suspicions. It could be these weird feelings that come out of nowhere. You're just like, where the fuck is this coming from? Right? When you have those intrusive thoughts and you're like, why am I thinking of this? This is so weird. It could be old wives tales, right? It could be old superstitions. And we're going to get into superstitions in a second. And this could also be about mirroring behaviors and ideas and verbiage and thoughts from past generations. 
And if you don't address spiritual and energetic components of these things that we're talking about today, then you will never become whole. And I'm not saying that to threaten you. I'm saying that to really wake you up, to make you be like, oh, fuck. Like, it it wasn't my fault that these things happened to my family, that this happened in my past, that this happened to my great-grandmother or my grandmother or my mother or my father or et cetera, et cetera. But it is, now that I'm conscious of it, it is my duty to heal it, right? Uh, This trauma, this cursing, this wounding from the past ancestral generations and lineage, et cetera, um, is also about past painful experiences and woundings that have been programmed into the first chakra, okay? And through the first chakra, it's been passed down through into future generations, okay? It also has to do with epigenetics. Uh, If you want to really get down and dirty about uh, epigenetics and this whole ancestral cursing, one of my favorite books is by Mark Wolin, and it's called um, It Didn't Start With You, okay? So first, I want to go back and I want to address a couple things. Um, I pulled up on my phone here, okay? So this is not coming from my notes. It's actually coming from my phone, and it's talking about all of these, because I just want to prove to you guys like how easy it is to for something to happen thousands of years ago in past, 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 past lineage, ancestral generations, and how we still to this day believe these things are true. So if we can believe that these stupid little fucking things are true, how can we say that something that happened to our grandmother isn't passed down into us through word, through belief, through DNA, through epigenetics. We can't, and I'm going to prove that point to you, and I'm going to, at the end, hopefully help you feel less crazy and more in control and knowing that you have everything inside of you right now to heal yourself. Okay, I want to just talk about a couple superstitions. All right, the first superstition that I love is when people say the words, knock on wood. In my my British friends don't say that. They say touch wood. I don't know if you've ever heard th- that before. But um, knocking on wood is actually an Indo-European Celtic or possibly British, but I believe it's more from a Celtic realm with all the studies that I've done on it. And the actual origins and even meanings of the phrase knock wood are varied as so many cultures use it. But it had to start somewhere, Right. So in the Indo-European or Celtic belief, it is thought that spirits, both good and bad, resided in trees, and those good and bad spirits could be called upon for protection or to chase away the bad people by knocking on their home, okay, which is wood. That's why you say knock on wood, right? Also, particularly Christians, link the practice to the magical power of the wooden crucifix, most likely among the different theories historians historians have attributed the superstition to a 19th century British children's game called Tiggy Touchwood, in which young players claimed immunity from being tagged by touching the nearest piece of wood. 
and adults picked up on the habit and the phrase the British still say touch wood today and the rest is history. So I don't know how many clients and I've said it a million times in my life where I'll say like, oh God, you know, I hope so. Knock on wood, you know, or God, like that would be terrible, but knock on wood that it doesn't happen. So here we are hundreds, even thousands of years later, because we because we really don't know how far back that this happened. But from what I have studied, it, it's a it's a it's a druid pagan thing. So the pagans and the druids who lived in the forest, they believed in all of these spirits and fairies and fae and all these different things. Uh, they would actually call upon these good and bad spirits that resided in the trees to help them with you know, casting spells. So here we are like these Catholic people and these Christian people and Muslim people and Buddhist people and all this shit. And we're using pagan rituals and we don't even know why we're doing it. And then, you know, I'm not even going to get into Christmas and Santa Claus and all that crazy shit because I would actually blow your pants off, off your body. But it's like, we say these things and we don't even know why we're saying them. Okay. All right, this one I love, throwing salt over your shoulder. I, to this day, still, like if I spill the salt, I will take it and I will throw it over my right shoulder or my left shoulder. I can't remember. I'm looking at myself in the video right now and I'm totally dyslexic. So listen to this one. Perhaps the next most common superstition, at least in the West, involves touching salt over one's shoulder. Like knocking on wood, this superstition also involves the idea of warding off evil. In this case, the devil himself. In Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, Jesus's betrayer, Judas, is portrayed as having accidentally spilled salt. Since Judas was associated with doing something bad, the argument goes that, ipso facto, so was salt. And throwing it over your shoulder would blind the devil waiting there. What? Are you kidding me? I still do this shit to this day, right? I'm probably never going to stop doing it because now it's just so ingrained in me. But have you thrown salt over your shoulder if you spilled the salt? And have you ever knocked wood or said touch wood? And are you a pagan? Maybe some of you aren't even Christian and you're throwing salt, okay? This one I love too, walking under a ladder, right? That old superstition, like don't walk under a ladder, don't walk under a ladder. Well, the superstition of not wanting to walk under a ladder also has roots in Christian symbolism. The Holy Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit led an association of number three with something sacred. The triangle with its three sides came to be regarded as sacred as well. And a ladder, of course, forms a triangle. So naturally, to walk under the ladder would be to destroy the sanctity of the Trinity and thus incur punishment. The ladder's resemblance to a gallows also didn't help matters, nor did the fact of the obvious danger of something falling from it. Finally, the Egyptians apparently thought that one might accidentally spot a god going up or down on a ladder and so avoided it. Must have made building all those tall pyramids difficult, which I'm reading this shit. I'm like, well, that's not how they built pyramids, but you know, I'm not going to get all ancient aliens on your ass. Um, This is another one. The broken mirror. How many times have you ever broke a mirror and you're like, fuck, I'm going to get seven years bad luck, right? 
Well, the belief that a broken mirror brings bad luck most likely has its origins in the simple fact that reflections of ourselves are uncanny and often unnerving, particularly on a bad hair day, so humans have long had bad associations with them. Take, for example, the Greek myth of Narcissus and the idea that a crack in a mirror would would somehow break its charm or trap one's soul. And it was the ancient Romans, however, who contributed the notion that a broken mirror would bring seven years of bad luck since it was believed that only poor health could cause a mirror to crack. Are you fucking kidding me? And the number seven was seen by the Romans as the number of years required to complete a full life cycle of sickness and renewal. As a result, a broken mirror meant you were headed down towards a death spiral that might have taken seven years to pull yourself up out of. But then those same Romans felt you could prevent that horrible outcome by gathering the broken pieces of that mirror and burying them by the moonlight. So should we really trust them all about that bad luck stuff? Uh, Probably not. And it goes on to, and I won't bore you with all this, but remember that uh, step on a crack and break your mother's back? I used to do that when I was a kid. Or lucky pennies right? Or lucky horseshoe or um, Friday the 13th or, you know, don't let a black cat cross your path and fingers crossed. Ooh, let's see where fingers crossed comes from because people do it all the time. So this superstition of crossing one's fingers, bringing the lucky finger crosser, good luck, comes from pre-Christian pagan times in Western Europe when the practice of making a cross with your own and index finger of another person was thought to consecrate the forces of good spirits and to seal a pact or a wish with a fellow crosser. Oh, that's interesting. And over time, people realized they could simply bless their own fingers and then later simply the index and the middle fingers of one hand, which was what we do today. So freaking interesting, right? Um, there's a bunch of really like cool different things here and I'm not going to get... Um, too much, you know, there's like stuff about the evil eye. Um, there's some weird stuff that I've never even, you know, heard of. Um, and these things come from all over the world or like itchy palms, you know, I don't know if you, you remember like, you know, itchy palms say you're going to get money and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, so I know that out there in a bitch's land, you're listening to this and you're like, what the hell does this have to do with generational curses? What I'm trying to make you understand is like, me, myself, and all of you out there probably have done half the shit. And if we don't do it, we still think about it. Like if you broke a mirror, you'd probably like be like, fuck. You may not say it out loud and you may not really truly believe it, but that's the first place where your mind goes. So see how easy it is to pass down these beliefs, which are all very limiting because nothing really that we just talked about is like, oh yeah, that's like so positive. It's kind of scary and limiting and kind of like downtrodden, you know, to think about some of these things. But I want you to understand like how easy it is to like get these things in your head. And how did I learn these things? Because my mother told me or my grandmother told me. And how did they learn these things? Because their ancestry told them. So if you believe, you know, in the evil eye or you believe on crossing your fingers or touching wood or throwing salt over your shoulder or broken mirrors, you're damn fucking right. You're going to believe in oh, my my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm going to be an alcoholic. Or I just come from a really long line of fat people. 
or, you know, I have mental illness. It just runs in my family or I've always been poor. My family's always been poor. There's never been a wealthy person in my family. So I'm going to be poor too. And none of that stuff is true. None of it. Okay. And when we break these generational curses, and I talk a lot about this in my book, when we break these generational curses, when we actually step forward and say, we're going to be the ones that do this, that is when we become, like I said in my book, the ambitious bolt cutters of our whole lineage because we heal the seven generations that are going to come after us and we heal the seven generations that came before us. That's a Native American belief. I love it. I don't care if it's true or not. Let's just make it true because if we believe that if a black cat crossed our paths, we're going to have bad luck, then we can fucking believe that we can also heal our lineage. You get, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Okay. So remember how when I first started today, I was talking about how painful past experiences and woundings from our ancestral line can be programmed into our first chakra, which is our root chakra. Okay. So each one of the chakras are programmed for trauma and curses and beliefs, right? But the chakra centers, and I've done a podcast on chakra. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it for even more clarification on this, on this point. Cause I'm not going to get into a whole, you know, chakra lesson here, but the root chakra, just like all the other sh- chakras, they store information like a computer. Okay. And when your root chakra is programmed with trauma, with fear, with limiting self-beliefs from your generations passed down, that can create in your waking life. So once you come out of the womb and you become a little baby and then you grow and you become a young adult, et cetera, et cetera, what happens is because that root chakra was programmed with all of this lack and fear and ancestral cursing and trauma and wounding, because the root chakra, like the other chakra, stores information, the root chakra actually stores information that will create illness and sickness and disease in the spot where the root chakra lies. So if you have a lot of wounding from past generations, you will have fertility problems. You will have period issues as a woman. You'll have problems with your hips. Um, you will have a really hard time making decisions. You will be a super ambivalent person. Um, you have back problems. So think of anything that's r- residing from your belly button to your hoo-ha. You're going to have problems there. And this is also a place where your tribal collective energy resides. So that's where your group, your family, your ancestry, your lineage, your community, your collective all of that information from your epigenetics and the past trauma and wounding from that's been passed down from generation to generation, it encodes into your root chakra. This is also your place where it touches upon your safety on this earth and survival on this earth. And that is the root chakra is the foundation of all of your energy systems. So if your root chakra is programmed with, you know, all the things that I just said, you are going to have a really hard time living on this three-dimensional earth plane. You're going to have a lot of tumultuous, ambivalent, unconscious, fearful, angsty, just not a great experience here on earth, okay? 
And the other thing that we have to touch upon is people who have really deep-rooted ancestral trauma have a really hard time bonding with other people and keeping and and curating and having healthy adult relationships. These people are, you know, women that have been divorced and married three, four, five times. They don't have a good solid friend group. They may not be very super close with their family of origin. And a lot of that has to do with years and years and years of ancestral wounding. And this wounding that I'm talking about really affects you traumatically in two ways, mostly. And the first way is it affects you personally because you keep repeating the patterns of your ancestry. And that could be like, well, I'm a child of an alcoholic. And even though like I know that alcohol is poison and I know that it's ripped up my family and I know it's done all these things, like I'm going to still drink and I'm going to become a fucking alcoholic too. Or you start to mirror the turmoil and the tumultuousness of your ancestors. So like, you know, you may have had, have had a grandmother that was very abusive and very loud and she would hit the kids and, you know, she would um, make them do like manual labor. She was just like a real motherfucker. And like, even though you know that it's wrong, you tend to adopt those same energies because it's in you. And where did she get that from? Her mother and her mother's mother and her mother's 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 and so on and so forth forever and ever in perpetuity. Amen. And the second way is it affects the collective aspect of your life, right? So the energy that is collected and amplified when generations have the same trauma. So think of groups of people. I always go to, because I have so many Jewish friends and I have a lot of Jewish friends that their grandmothers and their great grandmothers and grandfathers and stuff were in the Holocaust. And they never experienced the Holocaust, but they have this energy to them. And I'm going to get weird for a second, but uh, and I'm not going to go steal all his shit, but Mark Wolin, who wrote It Didn't Start With You, he talks about uh, one of my favorite stories in the book because he is, a, he is a, a psychiatrist. I'm pretty sure he's a psychiatrist. And he had a woman that was coming into his office all the time, and she had, the, she had her life her life was amazing. She had a beautiful husband, wonderful children. Um, she had a great life, great job. She, she had money. You know, she didn't have anything like on the outside peripherally wrong with her, but she was so depressed and she had all these suicidal ideations all the time. And it wasn't just like a normal, like, I don't want to be here anymore. This world is too hard kind of energy. She would come in and talk to Dr. Wolin and he would say, you know, I don't remember her name, but let's just say her name is June. Like, June, why do you feel this? Like, what? Like, describe it to me. And she's like, I just don't want to live anymore. I want to incinerate myself. She kept using this with these words like incinerate and just like obliterate and um, vaporize, like all these really like very catchy, very abrasive words. She wasn't just like, yeah, I want to off myself. She was really like, I want to vaporize myself. I want to, you know, turn myself into ashes and all this shit. And he was very perked up about this. He was like, why is she using these very like, you know, mechanizing words? And 
he started talking to her and he would say, you know, well, when you kill yourself, how are you going to do it? And she's like, well, my brother works at a steel mill and there's this huge vat of like molten steel and it's, and it's big. It's like a huge pool and I'm going to break in there and I'm just going to walk off of like this, not a diving board, but it's like this uh, mechanism that goes across the vat of steel. And she goes, I'm just going to just throw myself in there and I will be vaporized. I will be incinerated before I even touch the, the, the uh, steel because it's so hot. So then he like was like, okay, this girl's like on another fucking level. So he really started thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And he, he asked her in the next session, like, do you have any family that, you know, was in, are you Jewish at all? Because her last name was not a Jewish last name because she was married um, to a non-Jewish man. And, She's like, you know what? I don't know. I could, I could ask my family. And her great grandmother, this is the craziest story. This is all true. Her great grandmother was one of like 12 people from her family. So all her brothers and sisters, her mother and father, her grandparents. So one of 12 people that escaped the ovens in Auschwitz which is one of the concentration camps that uh, the Nazis used. So she had like this survivor, her great grandmother had this survivor guilt and they've done studies where they can actually see in the DNA, the broken strands where these atrocities have happened in down in the ancestry and it shows, and I'm not gonna get too crazy, but it shows like low levels of dopamine, high levels of dopamine, high levels of serotonin, low levels of serotonin. And there's these like breaks and cracks in the genetic code where these atrocities kind of like stamped themselves into the DNA. And she didn't even know that her family was Jewish. And she didn't even know because no one talked about it because they wanted to kind of like push it under the rug. But if you think about this, and I was talking to one of my girlfriends the other day and I was saying, because uh, we were talking about ancestral healing, and I was saying, think about this. When your grandmother is pregnant with your mother, your mother inside of her DNA already has you within her. Because when you're born as a baby, as a woman, you're born with all of the eggs that you'll ever have in your entire life to procreate. So somewhere in those ovaries is you, is your mother or is your grandmother, right? So think about this. When your grandmother is pregnant with your mother, you, your grandmother, and your mother are all together in your grandmother's body. How fucking crazy is that? So think about your grandmother uh, going through a traumatic event like 9-11 or the Holocaust or some kind of war or genocide, you're telling me that the stress, energy, and hormones, and and I'm not even tapping into the spiritual realm. I'm totally speaking science right now. You're telling me that that does not affect your whole entire lineage? You're telling me, and it's been proven, it's been proven time and time again. So a lot of the things that we have in our lives today are from our grandmothers, our mothers, especially the closest lineage to us. That's why if you're pregnant right now, ladies out there in a bitch's land, you better make fucking sure that you are in a place of peace as much as possible and that you are protecting your boundaries and you are protecting your energy and your experiences at all costs, because whatever is happening to you, whatever thoughts you're thinking, whatever feelings you're feeling, just like whatever food you're eating, whatever you're drinking, 
whatever you're taking into your body, whether it's through your skin or through your mouth or whatever, pills, is going into your child. So just like the physical stuff is going into your baby, the energy and the spirits and the vibrational frequencies are also going into your child. So protect yourself and protect your unborn baby. Because our parents didn't know any better. So if I can help people get into a good place and during their pregnancy, God bless, right? The other thing too with the collective aspect of wounding is the collective aspect of wounding also scorches the earth. So it's not just, and I know this is kind of like a little side thing that I'm talking about, but it also also scorches the earth. That's why um, there's this thing called astrocartography. I'm not an expert in it, but there's a lot of people who are, who... They talk about how because of where you were born, there's certain places on this earth that just feel so good to you. Like, have you ever gone on vacation? And you're like, oh, I could live here, you know, or I belong here. Or you feel like I've lived here before, maybe in a past life. Or the same thing is like if you go to a place where there was war or famine or atrocities or genocide, you can feel it in the earth. You can feel it like just in the environment. It's like when you go to where the where the um, Twin Towers were in New York before 9-11. It's like even though they put up the Freedom Tower, it has this eerie feeling. Like I can't go, I get sick if I even go near there. Same thing with like Auschwitz or places where there was war. It's like the earth is scorched with the energy of the collective, you know? So I know that this is a very far out concept for a lot of people, but I think that if you're here, you're here for it. And that's why I'm not going to ever treat you guys like ninnies and babies and dinglings. I'm going to tell you like, honest to God, like this is real shit. And it's not all your fault that you're a fucked up mess, but it is your, it is your responsibility to fix it. Okay. So that being said, I know that was a lot of information, but we're here to learn and we're here to grow and we're here to, to, you know, feed our minds with alternative ideas. And that's what the ambitious podcast is all about. Okay. To really help you expand the way you think so that you can heal yourself and ultimately you can live your most ambitious life and be the HBIC, right? So how do we spot ancestral trauma? You're going to spot it in a bunch of different ways. So you're going to spot it in repeating patterns, right? So you know how like, (laughs) you ever see like those reels or those TikToks or like just even like funny things like where people will be like, my mother would say this when I was a little kid and now I'm turning into my parents. Like there was a reel the other day I was watching. It was like this really funny couple. They're comedians. And it's like, you know, they're looking out in, uh, on the balcony of their home and they just had this beautiful rainfall and the husband looks at the wife and is like, wow, we really needed that, you know? And that's like something my mother would say, like, we really needed the rain. And then he stops and he's like, because <gasps> he catches himself talking like his parents would talk, right? Um, and just like you hear those repeating patterns and obviously I'm trying to be funny, but there's repeating patterns that are not so funny, right? So those repeating patterns could be addiction, um, like dating someone like your dad, like you keep just dating and fucking the same fucking dudes over and over and over again. You're like, there's no good men in the world. I'm like, yeah, because you're da- fucking your dad <laughs> over and over again because you've never healed up, right? Or you do things like that you said, I, when I have kids, I'll never do that to my child. And then you literally do the same thing to your kid, 
like you, you know, you spank them or, you know, you scream at the top of your lungs because like that's what your mother did and that's what your grandmother did and that's what her mother did and so on and so forth, right? So number one is repeating patterns. I don't know what they are for each individual person who's here on the Ambitious Podcast listening today, but you know what I'm talking about. The second thing is you have a really hard time bonding with people and keeping friendships and you're not very close to anyone. Like no one really gets too close to you. You have like this weird kind of bubble around you, but also you do trauma bond with people very easily. So if someone else has gone through what you've gone through in your life, like something similar, you love that person because it's like a mirror of yourself. And we tend to be a little narcissistic as humans and we like our own shit. We like the smell of our own brand, right? So you have a hard time having healthy bonding relationships, but you have a really easy time trauma bonding. And that's a problem. It's not okay. The third thing is you, how, to, how to really spot this is this is this takes a little bit of work is to bring awareness to your past generations. So this is like when you sit down with your mom and you're like, okay, tell me about my grandmother or did you know your great grandmother or sit down with your grandmother and say like, what was your mother like? What was your grandmother like? What was your grandfather like? You know, what was your upbringing like? What was some traumatic experiences that you went through, right? Think about those things. Like it takes work and it's hard because, you know, I've been having conversations with my own mom lately about this because when I went to Portugal, it really sparked a lot of just information for me about like, where, why did my fucking grandparents from Portugal come to this country? Like what happened so bad in their lives that they were like, peace out, we're out of here. Or, or what were they told about America that was going to make their lives so amazing, right? I always think about those things. And my mom has told me a little bit of stuff, but she doesn't even know because they didn't talk about these things. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. It makes me so angry, right? So trying to ask your aunts and uncles and people in your family that knew like your ancestry, or maybe you just come from a really dope ass family who has like their whole lineage written down in like books that look like something out of Hogwarts. I don't know. I don't have that. Um, even when I was writing my book about my uh, about my grandmother in my last chapter, I had to ask like my my great uncles and stuff like that because a lot of her family is is gone, and the people that are here are you know they're in nursing homes, they have dementia, or they're deaf as doornails. I hate to say it like that, but like you know, it's it's difficult because I think you 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 don't think of these things when you're in your like late teens and early twenties when your grandparents are still alive, maybe if you're lucky, and you can have these conversations. You know, I mean, I know a lot about my my nana on my father's side, but I don't know everything. You know, and I wish that I was smart enough to ask her before she passed away. So awareness of the past, asking the questions, looking into your past, looking into your ancestry. Then the next one is looking into your childhood, which is a mirroring effect, right? So the likelihood of you mirroring your ancestral patterns from your mother, from your family of origin, from your father, from your grandparents is very, very high. So think about how you were raised. Think about the habits that you brought on from your childhood and your early adulthood. Think about the behaviors that you've adopted from your family of origin. Think about if there's a pattern of the same issues coming up over and over and over and over and over again. Like, you know, that could even be like asking your friends, like, are there things that I do all the time that are kind of like annoying or like weird or off-putting to you? 
And if you have really good friends, they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, you act this way sometimes when you get frustrated or you act like this way sometimes when you get overwhelmed or scared. And like all of these things, most of them are mirror behaviors from your family of origin. Um, you can also just look into the spotting of these ancestral curses when you hear your motherfucking family say this family's cursed. Who here has heard the words? I'm pointing to myself. Um, this family has to have a curse because there's so many bad things that have that have happened, right? Which you can only believe you can only ha- be cursed if you believe in cursing. I don't believe in it. I don't give power to that. That's black magic. Um, and I'm a light worker. I I mean, yeah, can I get real fucking evil sometimes? And my head goes to bad places and I'd like to beat the fuck out of some people and just, you know, chop titties off and cunt punt people. Absolutely. 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 But I, I hold myself together most of the time, right? So think about if you've heard that word, that phrase, my fam- this family's fucking cursed, right? Look into mental health issues. Like if schizophrenia um, is in your family of origin or uh, obsessive compulsive disorder or depression or anxiety or agoraphobia or any, there's so many different mental health issues, but think about those things. Um. Look into irrational fears that you may have in your own life. You know, like I'll have people that are like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm petrified of dogs. And I'll say, well, have you ever had a dog bite you or anything like, no. Where the fuck does that come from, right? Um, or irrational fears can be of of fire. Like my mom always blows candles out in my house. Like if I have a candle going, my mom will just fucking blow it out. And I'm like, what happened to the candle? She's like, I hate candles. I hate candles. I'm like, well, what the, why? I don't know. I just don't like them, (laughs) you know, or I don't like things around my neck. Like I don't like super tight turtlenecks or I don't like uh, chokers or really tight necklaces and things like that. Well, probably because one of my ancestors were hanged during burning times or during an inquisition or whatever, like you don't know because we don't have, we're not the royal family. I mean, I certainly am not. And I don't know my great, 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 great grandfather or mother, you know? So think of what irrational fears that you deal with and you've come up with. Um, Think about things of that comes up about unworthiness and not enoughness because unless you were really abused as a child. A lot of these unworthiness and not enoughness feelings don't come from this three-dimensional plane. It comes from past generations. Suicidal ideations coming up and you're like, but I'm not a depressed person. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I thinking about these things? Could be from generational wounding, ancestral cursing. Um, Failure to launch and self-sabotage. That will come up a lot in people that have generational cursing. And the last one that you need to look out for and how to spot if you have these, you know, generational curses is um, that why even try self-fulfilling prophecy energy? Like, who cares anyways? Like, what's even the point, you know? And it's like, what else is there the point? Life is so fucking absurd that we're all on here spinning around on this fucking ball in the middle of nowhere. Like, what else is there to do? (laughs) Like, what the fuck do you mean? Why even try? What else is there to do? Pick belly button lint out of your fucking belly button and watch Netflix until you fucking take your last breath? I mean, fuck, right? Okay, so how do we clear generational curses? This is the most important part, I think. 
And I think it's so important to like learn all the things, but I think that like, let's, let's fucking get rid of this shit once and for all. So the first step, and we want to do this in order. Okay. We want to do this in order is we want to become very aware and conscious, have conscious awareness of the fact that you can heal this, that you can fix this, that you can be the ambitious bolt cutter of these ancestral curses. When you become consciously aware that you are like the Neo, if you will, in that movie, The Matrix, you're the chosen one, it will lose its power and it will lose its grip, not only on you, but your whole entire lineage, frontwards, backwards, sideways, left, right, below, above. Okay. That's number one. The next thing is to use a clearing or cord cutting ceremony. I was with my really good friend, Candice Marino, the other day. She's like, will you do a cord cutting on me? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to do one on our next, on our next podcast. (laughs) So you can burn it. So you can cord cut it. You can bury it. I don't give a shit what you do with it, but you gotta learn how to use the intention of cleaning and clearing and cutting. Okay. Transmuting the energy, right? Um, Everyone here should also be doing inner child healing. If you've never done inner child healing before, inner child healing is in my book. It's also on the app in the Audible. And there's also videos on my app that are right there for you to do your inner child healing work. So you want to create a ceremonial space, um, a place where you can do this work. Okay. And then you want to call upon your ancestors when you're doing this work, right? So when you call upon your ancestors, you're not calling upon like all the the bad ones. You're not like if you were related related to Hitler or Saddam Hussein or Attila the Hun or fucking Kublai Khan or some shit, you're not going to call those motherfuckers in. Okay. You're going to call upon your ancestors who are of the most elevated, highest light and who are willing to help you clear this trauma. Okay. Then you can get some beautiful drums. I have I have the music on my app or you can do some sound healing. Again, I have crystal tone bowls meditations on my app. You can light some candles. You can get some Palo Santo. Um, you can um, use some lavender or different smells that you resonate with and align with. And then all you want to do is you want to set that tone and you want to create that sacred ceremonial space for you to cord cut all of this stuff that is in you energetically that is not helping you be the highest, most ambitious version of yourself. So here's a little prayer that I like to use when I do this. So I lovingly call upon my ancestors who serve the highest light to help and aid in clearing any ancestral trauma curses, superstitions, limiting self-beliefs, and anything else that is not for my highest, greatest good from both my mother's and my father's lineage in all directions throughout space and time. And so it is. And thank you in advance. Okay. And then what you want to do is after you say that prayer, You want to put your hands on your root chakra and you want to envision 
while closing your eyes, the color red. So your root chakra is right under your belly button. So you just put both your hands in your root chakra as you're sitting in your ceremonial space and you just breathe and you can see the color red in your mind's eye. And then to finish, you stand and this is what I do. You just stand up and you visualize light going into your mother and father's line. So it, in your mind's eye, you can see your mother and your father both standing there. And then you can just keep sending that light all throughout your lines, both on your mother's and your father's side. And you can keep saying that mantra, you know, let this go into my mother and father's line. Let it clear, let it heal, let it remove all the limiting self-beliefs, the superstitions, everything I just said before. Just keep chanting that until you feel intuitively like that this is done. And then as you keep sending light and healing down the line, you just feel how free it feels, how it really lightens you up physically. And then to close the ceremony, you can say in Jesus' name, you can say, and so it is, and so it is done, and that's how you close the ceremony, okay? Now, cord cutting meditation. This is a lot easier for someone who you physically know in your lineage. It could be your mother, your father, um, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather, your your grandfather, like someone who you actually know. It's really difficult to do cord cutting exercises with people that you don't know. Like you can't be like, my 37th grandmother, I'm cord cutting you. Like it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. But you can do it with like your immediate lineage, like your mom, dad, grandfather, grandmother, great-grandfather, great-grandmother. And if you're really lucky, you may have a great-great-grandmother and grandfather, right? So if you know that those people had serious repercussions on the way that you're living your life and you want to cord cut them, you can. And it doesn't mean, and this is another thing because people are like, well, isn't it mean? I'm like, no, it's not fucking mean. Like, first of all, fuck that. (laughs) Like, this is about you. And they don't feel it. You know, they're not like, oh my God, I think my great, you know, they're rolling over in their grave, right? But it's for you, it's not for them. It's to heal you, it's not to heal them, right? And you can use a cord cutting exercise for a, uh, an ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend, um, a friend that you maybe don't talk to anymore that hurt you, a coworker. You can use this cord cutting ceremony for anyone, but if you do use it for, uh, you know, ancestral healing, this is how you do it. So you're going to sit in a comfortable spot with your eyes closed. Again, if you want to do ceremony like I just spoke to you before about, you can totally do that as well. You know, I'm a a witchy bitch, so I love bump and circumstance. Um, And you just sit and close your eyes and you... I like to go to a safe space. So I'm just going to walk you through this as if you were my client sitting in front of me right now. So you're going to close your eyes. You're going to go to a place... This place can be a place that is real here, three-dimensionally on this earth. It could be a beautiful beach or a peak of a mountain or this beautiful meadow that just has wildflowers and butterflies. It can be deep in the forest. It could be your childhood playroom. It could be the front yard of the home that you live in now. 
just a place in time that makes you feel strong and powerful. It could also be a place that isn't real. It could be a, a make-believe place to another dimension, a fairy tale-like place on top of a cloud, on another planet, on a star. Wherever that place is, just go there in your mind's eye. And once you're there, I want you to ground your feet down to the ground there. I want you to envision yourself as this beautiful, ancient, powerful, strong tree. And I want you to actually see your feet as roots. And those roots from your feet go deep, deep down into the soil, but not just deep, they go wide. So no matter what storm comes your way in life, you may sway and you may bend, but you will not break. You are the most strong and powerful version of yourself that you can be right now here in this place. And while you're feeling that power, I want you to choose someone. It can be an imaginary person. It could be an archangel. It could be a guardian. It could be a spirit guide. It could be Jesus. It could be Allah. It could be Buddha. It could be Mother Mary. It could be Mary Magdalene. It could be an Arcturian Council of Light. It could be uh, a Pleiadian. It could be your mother. It could be your grandmother. It could be your best friend. It could be your husband. I want you to choose a person or a, a, an entity that helps you feel strong and powerful. And then this entity is going to help you cut the cord of this ancestral wounding. So once you have that entity in your mind, I want you to now see them standing in that space where you're feeling strong and powerful. And I want you to see them on your right-hand side of your body, just standing behind you with their hand on your shoulder, just reminding you that you are not alone and that you will be triumphant in this endeavor. And now I want you to choose the person who is part of your lineage that you would like to cut the cord with. And when you find that person, I want you to see them now standing about six feet in front of you in that place of strength and power. And now I want you to see a black cord almost the shape and width and size and length of a garden hose. And that black cord is actually stuck right into your root chakra, right into right underneath your belly button. And it's also stuck into their root chakra. And you now realize that this cord is funneling precious life force energy from you into them. That's why you constantly feel defeated, depleted, not enough, and all the other things that you have adopted through this ancestral wounding. And that is keeping you from being the best, most ambitious version of yourself. And just feel what that feels like in this moment to know that that energy is being siphoned from your body. But it also is a beautiful thing because you know that you can fix it. So now I want you to ask that entity, the guardian, the loved one who is aiding in this cord cutting to help you cut that cord. And they nod to you and they agree. And from a pocket or a sheath, they pull out a huge sword or something to cut through that cord with. It could be a big, beautiful pair of scissors. It can be something that you use in the garden to chop through twigs and wood or it could just be a big, beautiful sword or knife. And I want you to say them with one foul swoop, cut through that cord. 
And I want you to see the cords both drop to the ground, but are still connected to both your root chakra and your ancestor's root chakra. And now I want you to see that cord fizzle up into your body and disappear into nothingness. And now I want you to see that cord fizzle up into your body and disappear into nothingness into your ancestor. And I want you to look at your ancestor. And I want you to repeat this three times. I want you to say their names and say, you have no power over me. Whatever power I gave you, I take it back. Take a deep breath. State their name once more. You have no power over me. Whatever power I gave you, I take it back. Take a nice deep breath. State their names once more. Holy Trinity is the power of three. State their names once more. You have no power over me. Whatever power I gave you, I take it back. And now I want you to see your heart chakra. I want you to see it expand in your mind's eye. And I want you to choose your favorite flower. And this favorite flower can be any color or species or type of flower that you choose. And I want you to see that big, beautiful flower of your heart blooming and shining so much beautiful light into the heart of your ancestor, whether it's your mother, your grandmother, great-grandmother, your father, your grandfather, your great-great-grandfather. I want you to just send them so much love because being a truly ambitious woman is being able to forgive, to move on, and to show the love to them that maybe they never were shown or couldn't show you. And I just want you to send them that love, send them that love, send them that love. Just make them feel all the ways that you desired to feel as a little child growing up. And when you feel ready, I want you to take a nice deep breath. And I want you just to blow that air right into them. And as you blow the air from your mouth into them, I want you to see them almost take off like a balloon. And I want you to see that balloon just fly up into the ethers. And I want you to see it fly so far away that it's just a little pin dot and then it just disappears. And I want you to take a nice deep breath and let it out with a big sigh. Take another nice deep breath. One more sigh. Last deep breath and let it out with a big sigh and just feel the gratitude of being able to cut that cord and to rid yourself of any unwanted pressures and low vibrational frequency energy. And that's how you do a cord cutting meditation. And the third step, it's hard to come out of that, but we're going to do it. The third step is to balance your energy and balance your chakras which really equals reprogramming new ideas and reprogramming new beliefs. And that is going to help you finish and solidify the healing. And if you desire to balance your chakras, we have a whole way to do that over on the Ambitious app. Like I said, we've already done a podcast on chakras So go ahead and educate yourself a little bit more about the chakra system and why that's important. But I think the biggest thing after you do all this work is delving into something where you're going to learn the tools that 
is going to empower you and keep you in this straight and narrow mindset. Because it's really easy, believe me, I know, to get taken back, to you know, take two steps back, uh, one step forward, two steps back, right? And it's like every time during your healing journey, especially when it comes to ancestral healing, where you feel like you just have everything figured out and everything's starting to go well for you, that's when like the devil's like, oh, no, 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 we're gonna throw you a little wrench in your wheel. So whatever that means to you, but obviously because I have made this incredible app and everything that you need is on there to do this work, my biggest thing is, A, if you're already part of the bitchterhood, get on over there and dive really deep into this ancestral healing and the shadow work and do your death meditation and do your inner child healing meditation and ask questions on the live coaching every day about how you can do more work towards this and learn about the chakra system. Maybe you hire a coach or, uh, or a healer that will help you with this as well. Like I said, I'm opening my book soon to that. So if you're interested in that, just email me at hello at kbmfc.com so we can have a conversation about how I can help you. But I think if you really want to keep this work going and you want to keep yourself on point, you have to do the work every day. Like I think a lot of people think when they're on a healing journey and they have a spiritual awakening that they're going to get to this like peak and then they're going to be like, oh, I'm healed. (laughs) No. Healing is an ongoing thing, but I also want to remind you that you're not broken. You don't need to be put back together like a broken plate that fell on the floor. We're all fucked up. There is no way to not be fucked up if you're living in a three-dimensional reality that is a constant state of yin and yang, dark and light, good and bad, right? Love and fear. You're going to have problems. It's just how it is. Okay. So stop thinking and looking at yourself as as you're uh, you're this broken headless Barbie doll that your kid took into the bathtub and cut all its fucking hair off and ripped his head off and ripped his legs off. You're not that. We're all fucked up, but it's the people who know that they're fucked up and are like, you know, I'm just going to commit to doing this work and learning more about myself and installing new programming into my computer system and getting rid of the old traumas and letting go of the old limiting self-beliefs so that we can actually step into our power because the kingdom of heaven is within us and God has given us everything that we need inside of us to be ambitious. So don't just do listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my ancestral lineage is healed. No, it's not. You gotta, it's an ongoing thing. Anything that has to do with healing is an ongoing thing. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm burping. It took me a lot of work to come up with all this information. And I did a lot of research because I wanted to make sure that what I'm saying to you is on point. And then I also like to use my own two cents of what I do with my own clients. And I just really hope to God that you listen to this and it resonates with you and you really start asking good questions and empowering questions and you really start doing the work. And if you are ready to do the work, I'm here for you. Like I said, scroll down to the show notes and follow the link and just fill out your name and your email address and we will put you into that complimentary seven-day free uh, app experience. And if you have any questions, you know I love a good email. 
just email me at hello at kbmsc.com. Or if you're already on the app, you can just DM me right there. It's like having my cell phone number. And if you are on Instagram, you can DM me over there. But the real stuff is happening over on the Ambitious app. So my final parting words is get out there and heal your lineage. Get rid of these curses and these woundings and these traumas once and for all so that you can be the HBIC of your most ambitious life. And in the meantime, if you love this podcast and you think it will inspire and help others around you, send it out. And if you do put it on Instagram, tag me. I love to see when people uh, talk about uh, the Ambitious Podcast in their stories and on their, on their feeds. It just makes my heart sing. And I appreciate you from the bottom of my little black heart. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay ambitious. And I will see you next Tuesday.